Welcome to Exhale, a podcast series where we explore topics on respiratory care. Your hosts are Mark Russell, Marketing Communications Manager, and Jansen Lanier, National Sales Manager and Respiratory Therapist for Vitalograph US, a global leader in respiratory diagnostics. We interview today Dr. Albert Rizzo, Chief Medical Officer for the American Lung Association. We discuss what the American Lung Association's strategy in defeating lung cancer. He tells us about the great American smokeout and the facts and figures on smoking today, why smoking hasn't been eliminated, and how e-cigarettes and vaping are contributing to people's health and lung disease. Today we have Dr. Rizzo from the American Lung Association. Welcome, Dr. Rizzo. Welcome to you, too, and thank you. Could you give us kind of an idea of your background on yourself, education, experience, and your current responsibilities? Sure. I'm a, a pulmonary critical care and sleep physician and currently practice at Christiana Care Health System in Newark, Delaware. been doing that since 1983. And uh, also early on during that time, I attended a local chapter of the American Lung Association in Delaware. And I realized that with my background, being able to help educate patients, advocate for their issues, things like air quality, tobacco control, access to care, was really helped working with the American Lung Association to leverage what I could do besides just seeing patients in the office. So I continued to volunteer at the local level, worked my way up to the regional level, the national level, and then became chairman of the board of the national board in 2011. Since that time, I've remained as a medical advisor to them. And then in 2018, I became the chief medical officer for the American Lung Association, and I oversee their health promotions initiatives, advocacy policies, and their research portfolio. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah, you know, that's what we're trying to do here locally, here at Vitalograph, here at our corporate office for the U.S. We also have been involved with the local American Lung chapter, and we're working on their, I guess it's our third year now with them. It's so important to start on the local level. And, you know, now we're, we're speaking with you, Dr. Rizzo. That's right. I mean, grassroots is important. American Lung Association has been a long time grassroots organization. So you need the national influence, but you need the, the people on the boots on the ground, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate uh, the group that you have here in Kansas City. They've done a great job for the American Lung Association with this chapter, especially. Um, it, it was very fitting for us. You know, it's right in our backyard, right down the street. Linda Kreider that we work with over there, she's fantastic. Truly enjoy working with those folks. Well, thank you. I'll take that information back to them. So why don't you tell us what's new at the American Lung Association? Sure. Well, let me tell you about some of our current and also some of our ongoing initiatives. Uh, this time of year, flu season, we do things yearly around the flu. This year, it's called the Fend Off Flu Campaign. And it's really designed to increase uh, knowledge about influenza, vaccination rates, and really provide tools to the community, workplaces, as well as medical offices to help make the vaccination rates get as high as we can. We know in the past, it's been a challenge to get the vaccination rates up to 50, 60% across the country. We we need to do that, especially in this year of COVID. We also have uh, started a three-year campaign around the COVID pandemic called our COVID-19 Action Initiative. And part of that $25 million over three years, we're putting into research. Uh, We recently just funded two studies that are looking at the susceptibility and the treatment for patients who are going on to be called long COVID individuals. This may represent a group of individuals who will develop densely chronic symptoms or chronic disease as a result of being infected with COVID-19. We also regularly hold our lung force walks. And this, this helps us celebrate our power to help change and commit to an end of lung cancer and lighten the burden for those people with ongoing lung disease. 
we remain very involved with lung cancer screening. We know that eligible at-risk individuals need to get screened for early diagnosis of lung cancer because early lung cancer, there's no symptoms, and that's when it can be cured and have a much better overall outcome as compared to late-stage lung cancer. We do this through public service announcements like our Save by the Scan campaign. We also have a web-based toolkit to help health systems establish lung cancer screening centers across the country. Uh, most recently, just this past month, Respiratory Syncytial Virus Awareness Month was in October, uh, and that's another respiratory viral pathogen that we helped raise awareness around. It's a very contagious virus, affects adults. It's also particularly worrisome for infants. So that's just a taste of what we're, we're doing right now. So tell us about the Great American Smokeout and how is the American Lung Association involved? Well, the Great American Smokeout occurs every year and this year it's being celebrated on November 18th. And it really is just one day being identified for individuals who wanna to try to quit at least for 24 hours, at least for that one day. Here at the American Lung Association, we're hopefully standing by to help support individuals who wanna make that challenge and then go on to become longer time quitters. And we do that by giving tips, guidance, and effective quit attempts on an ongoing basis. We do this with evidence-based and proven effective cessation programs. For example, our Freedom From Smoking program, which is online. We also have a community support system through the Inspire Network that gives smokers who are trying to quit online support from a group of community people who have tried to quit and are ongoingly quitting. And then we have a, a direct support from our Lung Helpline counselors at 1-800-LUNG-USA who can answer questions about quitting as well as provide other general lung health information. So the main message from the American Lung Association around this time of year is we wanna support the thousands of people across the country trying to and planning to quit. And we know that it can be a very big challenge because of the addicting nature of nicotine and tobacco, and we wanna help them make this very important step to a healthier life. Great, so what are the facts and figures of smoking today? Myself, I've been living with family members that have been smoking most of their life. What's going on? It is trending down? Well, we know that smoking still remains the leading cause of preventable diseases, disabilities, and death in this country. And although the number of adults who smoke is at an all-time low in the United States, there's still 34 million adults who smoke and therefore continue to be at risk for developing smoking-related diseases, which may be heart disease, lung disease, multiple things that tobacco affects in our bodies. And each year, in fact, 480,000 individuals die as a result in this country from smoking-related diseases. We know that the health effects of smoking are both direct from the people who are smoking it, as well as indirect or secondhand. The smoking directly is responsible for about 90% of lung cancer deaths in this country and approximately 80% of the deaths caused by COPD or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, such as emphysema and chronic bronchitis. We know that smoking affects more than the lungs but current smokers, 73% of their diagnosed smoking-related conditions are chronic lung diseases. And I mentioned secondhand smoke, and we know that's a very serious uh, situation as well because it causes more than 41,000 deaths per year. It can worsen uh, a wide range of health effects such as increased episodes of flares and asthma or respiratory infections in individuals with COPD, and really affects the development of, of young lungs as well. So secondhand smoke has multiple effects on the people around them. Right now, there's probably 23 million or about 35% of the children in this country who are exposed to secondhand smoke. So speaking of secession, what are we seeing with, with people that are turning to the vaping as opposed to smoking? We all know the, the negative effects of vaping as well, but there are people that are turning to vaping as a, as a means to get off of nicotine. But what we're seeing is that it's even worse. So, 
Right. Well, we know there's still a lot to be learned about the lasting effects of products like the e-cigarettes and vaping. And we're troubled by the fact that the evolving evidence continues to show that there's impact on the health of the lungs from e-cigarettes. You know, e-cigarettes are considered a tobacco product and therefore ultimately will be governed by the FDA, which has been slow to act in many ways. And the research so far shows that e-cigarettes lead to health risks, they're inhaling harmful chemicals, and they cause irreversible lung damage and disease. And even uh, science shows that the aerosols emitted by these cigarettes expose the non-users. So just like there's secondhand smoke from traditional cigarette use, there's also secondhand exposure to the emissions from these e-cigarettes, which therefore affect people around them, children, infants, things of that nature. And we know the Surgeon General has has mentioned that there's a lot of harm in e-cigarette aerosols. Yeah, you know, the biggest argument that people speak to me in regards to vaping is that, you know, these the statistics are just because people are buying them aftermarket on Amazon and so forth. And that may be the case, but the bottom line is anything inhaled that's not oxygen is bad for you. So that's that's the stand that we take at the Lung Association. And, and you mentioned earlier that people turn to these devices as a way to quit. And repeatedly studies have shown that these are not smoking cessation devices. Uh, none of them have been, have been studied by the manufacturers to be smoking exactly. cessation devices. The FDA has not sanctioned them as smoking cessation devices. And many of these studies show that people who use them initially often revert back to either smoking alone or being dual users of both e-cigarettes and traditional cigarettes. I just went back for a uh, college homecoming and I noticed a lot of young people with those smaller vaping apparatus and I just was appalled. Yeah. Yeah, there, there continues to be the concern that the, uh, the marketing tactics the tobacco industry has used over decades uh, continues to be marketing toward youth, especially in the e-cigarette realm, because the traditional tobacco has more restrictions on it with regard to advertising on TV, sponsoring events, and things of that nature. That doesn't apply to the e-cigarettes and cigars. So unfortunately, they continue to be marketed. Just for example, in 2019, 70% of high school and middle school students reported being exposed to e-cigarette marketing. Tobacco products are just one of the most heavily marketed consumer products in this country. Back in 2016, the latest year for information, the five largest cigarette manufacturers spent $8.7 billion or more than $23 million a day to promote and advertise their tobacco products. And even the smokeless tobacco products spend about $750 million on advertising and promotion back in 2016. And folks, that's billions. Not million, yeah, billion. Yeah, $8.7 billion, right? $23 million a day. Going back to why smoking hasn't been eliminated, I've noticed in the news that taxes on tobacco again, they keep taxing and taxing and taxing, and it just doesn't seem to tame the American epidemic. So what other means of deterrent are we going to have to take to get smoking eliminated? Well, we first of all have to go back to the fact and admit that nicotine is a very addicting substance. So it, it is something that's just not easy to quit. And that's why you have things like the Great American Smokeout and all the efforts the Lung Association puts toward getting people to quit. Uh, we also have to realize that uh, you know, there was a tobacco settlement a number of years ago and tons of dollars got put into each state to help control tobacco and to help with smoking cessation. But we know to date that really no state puts those funds the level that the CDC recommends to help control tobacco and make efforts at smoking cessation. So not only is it a very addicting problem, we're also not putting the money where it needs to be put in order to lead to tobacco control and cessation efforts. 
each year the American Lung Association puts out what we call our state of tobacco control. And, and this evaluates state by state and also at the federal level what the government should be doing uh, in order to effectively control tobacco. And that includes things like you mentioned, like excise taxes and, and laws about clean, clean indoor air. Uh, and, and that state of the uh, tobacco serves as a blueprint for each state and federal leaders to help eliminate the death and disease caused by tobacco use in their states. Uh, and this last year's report focuses on the importance of, of ending the uh, tobacco use during a pandemic, because as we know, smoking is a risk factor for a more severe COVID symptoms and leading to hospitalization and death. And this is especially important for those populations and communities where the overall impact by tobacco use and secondhand use is seen, and this often includes a disproportionate burden uh, among those underserved populations, especially during the pandemic. So I have to give kudos to some of the larger uh, business organizations out there that they are actually putting stipulations with their HR department stating that they will cover, say, 75% of health insurance if you're a non-smoker. If you are a smoker, then you have 25% that they'll cover, you know, something like that. So it basically puts it on them saying, hey, we want you to be smoke-free because that turns our premiums down and so forth. So, you know, maybe it's one thing that we, we finally get these insurance groups to work with us as well to help really drive that down. A couple hundred bucks a month out of your pocket because of insurance, that hits into your, your tobacco costs, right? So I feel strongly about that. So, And I also read somewhere that Philip Morse is going to call for a cigarette ban in the UK by 2020, or I'm sorry, 2030. Why don't they do that here in this country? Well, we've known for a long time at the Lung Association and most other organizations that deal with uh, the whole health effects of tobacco that we really can't believe what comes out of tobacco industry mouths. From as far back as when their CEO said that you know nicotine was not an addicting substance in front of Congress. So we'll wait and see what uh, what transpires. We know that Philip Morris uh, International, which supposedly is a little different than the Philip Morris company itself, but they have the same goals in mind. They may or may not want to have cigarettes outlawed by 2030. There's nothing that they're doing on their marketing side that makes us think that's going to happen. Right. Continue to market it, as I said, to use. They market it to people to have them continue to have the addiction, to keep smoking, and unfortunately have the health effects of that. Interesting. What are some of the tools of trying to quit smoking? So as I tell patients in my office who are still smokers, and I counsel them every time they come in about, is this the right time for you to quit? Because you, when you quit, you want to have some support in order to quit. We know at the Lung Association, there are 50 million ex-smokers in this country, so everyone can quit. You just need to do it at the right time with the right support systems. And you don't have to quit alone. Behavioral counseling programs help quit by 50%. And that behavioral counseling may be as informal as a phone call to a, a quit line. But building a support around you of friends, family members, people you live with who are also either non-smokers who want to quit at the same time can be very helpful in making you move toward success. And you want to look at successes in small, small bites. Even just going you know, several days when you haven't gone at all before without a cigarette is a success. And you should look at that and celebrate that. And you just keep needing to put one step in front of the other as far as making sure you try to quit the tobacco process in general. It's not a matter of just one event. It's a matter of trying over and over on a regular basis to quit. On average, individuals take about nine to 11 attempts before they finally quit. And, and one size doesn't fit all. Some tobacco quitters do quit what they call cold turkey. 
a very, very small number of them who will do that. Many will use some one of the seven FDA-approved medications for smoking cessation along with counseling. And the more you combine the different efforts of support, medications, and counseling, the more success you're going to get. And you have to remember that even if you are quitting in the process and you slip one day or here or there, that is a slip. That's not a relapse. Just get back up on the saddle and keep riding. You're going to be on that track to quit eventually. And we know that about 21 to 44% of patients will ultimately quit with these different methods that I mentioned. And the Lung Association is really here to help support them in many ways. This has been great. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us. And uh, we, we kind of went off the cuff on a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's what well, these podcasts are for. Yeah, yeah no, it, it all made sense and it's valuable information for your listeners. Absolutely. Is there any last messages you want to give out to listeners? Well, the last thing is that our, uh, our website is always helpful to them, uh, lung.org, uh, particularly lung.org slash FFS for uh, freedom from smoking. But a lot of information can be obtained there, as well as on our quit line, which is 1-800-LUNG-USA, quit attempt, quit counselors, and a lot of information about lung health in general. Well, Dr. Rizzo, we really appreciate being on our program. Thank uh, you. Best of luck next month for the Great American Smokeout. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to Exhale with Vitalograph. Your hosts are Mark Russell and Jansen Lanier. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please leave us a review and subscribe for new episodes. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again on Exhale with Vitalograph.